Hi, everyone. Welcome to uh, the Philosopher Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Jiggy Jr. We're actually here at the Feria of the Radisson Blue Hotel Cebu. And I am with uh, the former congressman and former defense secretary, now running for senator, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, Gibo Teodoro. Good morning, Jiggy Jr. and to all the uh, podcast viewers, uh, pleasant good morning uh, to everyone and mayong buntag tanan. Thank you so much, Gibo, for uh, spending time with us here uh, for this podcast. And I think uh, my first question is, like I warned you earlier, you know, we were big fans. We were supporters and followers of Gibo Teodoro when you first ran for, I think, vice president, right? No, Under, president. Uh, for president, right? Yes. Uh, with... Uh, Edu Manzano as your vice president. Yes. We were all rooting for you, and then you sort of disappeared from the face of the earth. Uh, what happened to you, and why did you decide to uh, get out of the limelight after that? Uh, well, after that, uh, wait, uh, let me preface. In my meeting, the Abanse, I said that uh, if I were not elected at that time, I said, uh, I would do things that I still can do. There's a big world to explore. There's a lot of knowledge to be gained. And uh, I was 45 at that time, or 46. It was the right time to do it. So uh, I told the voters very clearly. I mean, uh, perhaps uh, this is a culmination of a peak and... Uh, I advocate everybody take a break once in a while. Uh, my break turned out to be not a break, but another learning opportunity. I joined the corporate sector. Uh, I became a member as independent director of several boards, chairman of a company uh, and other companies. So uh, my exposure in the private sector for the first uh, three or four years after that was a learning experience. Uh, I joined uh, the board of a big financial institution and I'd advocate, you know, uh, some exposure to the private sector for policymakers so they'll know uh, how it feels to be on the other side, the stresses that uh, corporations and other private individuals uh, feel from gov government policy. Uh, it has also taught me a lot, like ESG uh, uh, concepts, corporate social responsibility, and other emerging trends, which perhaps if I stayed in government, uh, I would not have picked up on. Uh, so I come back this time. Post-pandemic, the pandemic was a game-changer, and I think that it changed lives of a lot of people, probably permanently, uh, if this is the new normal. And probably that's why I can contribute, because I have uh, experience in the private sector, which is crucial to the recovery of this country. And uh, perhaps I can better judge now what can and cannot be done and if things can be done, what the timelines are. Uh, I've uh, gotten more experience with uh, 
private sector management with goals, targets uh, that need to be met, and uh, planning goals that need to be followed. Uh, so it's uh, more science-based uh, management than uh, political management, but I, I believe that pol politics can use a bit of... Science, yeah? Yeah, yeah <laughs> especially now. Okay, well, let's uh, go back uh, just a little bit. Uh, when you ran for president, uh, you were one of politics' fastest rising stars, right? I mean, you were, you know, everybody was, was uh, at least in my neck of the woods, was rooting for you. And I think uh, you didn't uh, win the presidential elections, uh, had some lessons to it, right? What do you think were the lessons for you when you lost that election? And what can you use uh, those lessons uh, for this particular time around when you're running for public office, this time as senator? Uh, I think anybody who has run uh, pre-pandemic, the lessons, the, probably the game has changed okay, a lot. Okay. I don't want to call it a game, I'm sorry for using that term, but the uh, ways of approaching it are evolving. Uh, the audience is much younger. Mm -hmm. uh, information is uh, relayed much, much differently now, which doesn't necessarily make it easier because uh, uh, sometimes the political debate reduces complex concepts and uh, we must always realize that governance, uh, you're governing a system. Not Very complicated, uh, right? Yeah, and there's no linear, linear relationship between problem and solution yeah. at times. No? Uh, however, uh, the, the information age you reduced to one-liners, which to me uh, uh, is a challenge. Actually, I beg to disagree. I think because of the internet, with, uh, with podcasts like this, we can actually have a long, drawn-out conversation about sure. whatever you want to talk about, about the nuances of governing. It's just the, probably your time that we don't have enough of, but I think if you'll give me time, I can talk to you for hours, if you don't mind. Right. <laughs> no, but, but the target audience, basically, yes. has limited time. Of course, yes. yes and yes. they have limited resources yes. to load up. Correct. Because, yeah. Yeah. you know, it, it costs money. Yeah. And so uh, the challenge being, even, even, even before... No, in a presidential campaign, uh, the presidential candidate gets most of the time on stage. Yeah, yeah. Senatorial candidates, you're given about three to four minutes, mm. five minutes. Mm. So you have to do something that uh, makes people remember you, yeah. uh, whatever that may be. Uh, same here now, in a different way. Mm -hmm. uh, the challenge is to message uh, succinctly. Yeah and uh, creatively you know, because people don't have uh, unlimited time you know, for to, to, to surf mm -hmm. because uh, they're, lo they're prepaid mm -hmm. and uh, time of day is, is crucial for yeah. them. You mentioned earlier uh, things have changed in the new normal, they call it, right? Yeah. Um, my question uh, here, Gibo, is why would you want to even go back to pre-pandemic times? I think those weren't the good old days as well, right? No, you wouldn't want to go back to pre-pandemic times yeah. because to go back to pre-pandemic times would mean to, be, to say you go back to an old system yeah. which to me, I've always said it, is already outdated exactly. because I, I believe that the political system we had now was designed or created to do one thing. It was to erase the vestiges of uh, martial law but it didn't look forward. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and it can't, we can't continue to be governed exactly. yeah. in this way. Even if we go back to the previous uh, regimes like uh, the 73, the 35 constitution, which views the Philippines as a unite, unitary whole, uh, where uh, uh, local autonomy, devolution, downloading of resources is more lip service than anything, we can't. We're, we must remember we're 80% water, 20% land, and composed of a lot of islands, so uh, the logistical nightmares uh, have to be solved. Agility of governance must be there. Governments must have the ability to uh, invest in emerging and disruptive technologies alongside the private sector. And our constitution is uh, uh, manacles government from acting proactively. Uh, the, the thing is, challenge being is, there are a lot of unknowns in the future. And we must have a government that is agile enough uh, to react. And by government, we mean not only the national government, but principally local governments. Uh, being an archipelago leads to that. You're right about uh, there are a lot of unknowns in the future, uh, but uh, you mentioned science earlier, and you'd like to use science more in governing, if I'm not mistaken. You said that, Yeah, right? the science of management, yeah. basically. Yeah. So, um, my it's question, not a pure science. Yeah. But um, do you think that we will have better predictable, uh, uh, predicting skills with, with science behind us? You know, the, for example, the pandemic, actually, a lot of people predicted the pandemic even before it happened, right? There was a, a huge speech by Bill Gates about the pandemic and that it was happening and nobody heeded it. Do you think uh, the Philippine government will be able to use more science in predicting, in solving problems? I, I do. I do think so. Uh, and uh, to segue, uh, but answering the same problem, when people think of government, normally they think of elective officials, right? But there's a big, big uh, void left in the minds of people that equally important is a capable, up-to-date, motivated bureaucracy. And uh, that, that is your spinal cord, which generates these outputs for your elected policymakers to, to, uh, to decide on. And if they have these uh, uh, railroad guide, guides, basically, uh, based on expertise, then the choices, uh, theoretically, would be wiser choices. No? Of course, there are local political nuances that each legislator has to take into account and has an obligation to do so, but at least in the compromise that is made, uh, a wiser decision can theoretically be made, no? if you have that bureaucracy in place. So science, do we even have the infrastructure to aid the government in uh, you know, moving forward? Do we have uh, the, uh, the expertise? Uh, we do have the scientists, you know, do we have the doctors and all of that stuff to be able to use science more effectively as a government? I, I think uh, there's a modicum of them that can be a starting base right now. For example, when we talk about nuclear energy, do we have the capability? I'd say no mm -hmm. at this time because uh, the human capital that was there when the first nuclear power plant mm -hmm. was designed, they went abroad and we lost that capability. We have to regain it. Uh, I think uh, governments 
and the private institutions through their CSR must invest more into research and development, developing expertise uh, so that uh, we become an innovative society rather than an outsource destination. Uh, to me, uh, that that is crucial. And uh, I'm happy to note that I heard in a program that uh, there's a Balik scientist program that's quite successful, actually, that scientists sent abroad to study are starting, back here? Yeah, and wow. starting to impart their knowledge and uh, partnering up with uh, local venture capitalists to make uh, things uh, of use no? that, that uh, our country can use. And speaking of sciences, why don't we employ the uh, science of psychology, for example, to determine what motivates people and give them the right incentives, that sort of thing? Of course, yeah, yeah, that's uh, behavioral science yeah. is very, very important, yeah. actually, but it's not a it's not, uh, th that's the problem also, no, with uh, our educational system once in a while. Uh, there are not enough in, uh, applicants for non, I call non-sexy courses, no, because uh, employability is also an issue. Uh, there's no receptacle for, uh, you know, historians, anthropologists, uh, things that we need. Mm -hmm in order to build a stable foundation, and particularly in, in, in international relations too, you need the humanities, you know. So uh, we, we need also to give incentives to uh, people to take these courses. On the other hand too, we need to also uphold the dignity of, of human labor, because uh, it's come to a point that Everybody wants a diploma hanging on their wall, and uh, w one late professor has lamented that sometimes every diploma becomes an affront to the dignity of human labor. No? Uh, uh, so those are the challenges and the, the calculations that you have to make. It's not an easy thing to do, and sometimes you don't get it right, but you have to keep on trying and trying and trying. Speaking of diplomas, it's good that you mentioned that. You know, we have a lot of candidates, even presidential candidates, who don't necessarily have uh, the right quote-unquote diplomas, right? I'm curious because you mentioned earlier that running a nation is very complicated, it's very nuanced, it requires a lot of, you know, a lot of skills, a lot of talents. And here we are, uh, some candidates who are uh, not necessarily what you would call a bright boy or bright girl for that matter. Um, um, I am confused, uh, Agibo. Um, why is it that uh, we can, we will, that the system allows uh, for people like that to run for office, when in fact running a nation is quite a complicated job. Okay, uh, I, I have two, two answers to that. Firstly, uh, I think we feel it more because of uh, the, uh, the lack of resources of our bureaucracy really to stand out and operate. The bureaucracy can withstand political struggles and challenges. No, it, it's the stabilizing factor that that uh, stabilizes uh, a nation in the face of uh, political divisiveness or, or what have you. Secondly, uh, it's also hard to place a blanket uh, limitation qualification uh, requirement. Because there are a lot of 
undiplomed people who are extremely learned. Uh, in Philippine politics, I remember that Blas F. Ople, for example, was not a college graduate, but he was extremely well-read and intelligent. My father's colleague, who uh, is a literary, uh, uh, an educational uh, uh, icon, Adrian Cristobal, he didn't graduate from college either. So it's hard. Like Bill Gates, did he have a degree? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I don't think he finished. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, Should they take an exam at the minimum? <laughs> I don't think so. You know, you know what, what's important perhaps is that, number one, you have the bureaucracy, and number two, you have strong political parties so that people participate in the choice of who the candidates will be. Right now, people don't have actual participation in who the candidates will be. They just vote for a preset yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, set of candidates. Yeah. Set of candidates, yeah and we don't have strong political parties. Mm -hmm. But then again, populism and uh, uh, it is not a local phenomenon. Yeah, course, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it, it's a worldwide phenomenon. You know, you have the Hugo Chavez's and mm -hmm. the Evo Morales's mm -hmm. of the world. You know? um, populism. Uh, our, uh, the past few presidents that we've had uh, were not majority precedents and they were not voted by the majority of the people right and there's an idea that's been floating around uh, that was floated around by some of the political experts about our runoff in elections like once we have the top two candidates who don't get 50% of the population's vote then you have a runoff and do another set of re-elections until uh, the uh, the percentage of uh, voters get to 51% right at least the president is a majority president what do you think of that idea uh, that's a good idea, perhaps, but uh, I'd rather do two things first. Okay. One, we safeguard the electoral process first. Okay. Uh, the integrity of that process, let's make sure that uh, uh, votes are, are really processed and counted and people have the time to make choices. Now, in order to do that, there is one thing that I've been advocating for, for a long, long time separate national and local elections, not at the same time. Why is that? Well, so people have more time to separate the issues. Okay. So a local candidate will be campaigning mm -hmm. uh, on based on local issues, and Correct, you yeah. know the national and the local are separate. Mm -hmm. why, why, why have local autonomy when you have national election and local elections at the same time? Mm -hmm. So what's the agenda? Mm -hmm. And who has the time? which citizen has the time to digest these issues separately? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the ballot is so long, what do they end up doing? They just shortcut, they don't vote yeah. for complete slates. Yeah. And black <laughs> voting is not allowed. Yeah. So we have to even elect the, the vice president, right? Right. So, <laughs> so uh, for, for me, uh, before we do a runoff, let's yeah. do these things first. Okay, first things first. Yeah. Um, you're running for Senator of the Republic of the Philippines. You have been a congressman. You were a defense secretary for a while during the GMA administration and all of that, and you went to the private sector. You've learned so much. You have gathered so much uh, uh, wisdom, so to speak, or really, uh, from the private and the public uh, sphere. What 
uh, are you going to bring to the table once you become senator of the republic? Well, I originally had uh, a seven-point uh, agenda, uh, which is on the gibo.ph page, but a lot of this can be reduced to making sure that there is an honest-to-goodness devolution of powers and downloading of funds to local government units uh, that can conform to performance governance standards that uh, the national government uh, can set. No? Uh, why? Because the local governments are really points of contact with your people and you have to capacitate them. Firstly, because uh, they're the first points of contact and secondly, we're an archipelago. Conditions are so different from between point A and point B within the different provinces or within one province alone. So, so uh, a, a, a fit-all formula uh, uh, dictated by a central agency, fit one size fits all, will not work. And that needs a lot of time, uh, of course, watching over uh, your General Appropriations Act, uh, the National Expenditure Plan, and also on your oversight function, seeing to it in, this, in, the, in the face of a lot of unspent national government funds, had these funds been downloaded, they could have perhaps been used much, much better. Secondly, you institutionalize the role of your local officials. Your barangay officials are not compensated. The, they don't have any incentives. Your barangay secretaries, they certify documents, they, they face criminal cases if something goes wrong because of falsification or anti-graft, they're not compensated. Your Balangay health workers are volunteers in the literal sense. They have some benefits depending on the local government units, but if they lose their lives or whatnot, they're not covered at all. So how can you have a capacitated local government function when at the spear, the tip of the spear, uh, uh, they're, they're not incentivized or neither incentivized nor protected. I think you're absolutely correct. I think uh, incentives are a key uh, feature of good governance, right? I think yes. it's crucial that we have to have the right incentives. Um, what, what do you think is a problem, uh, uh, Gibo? Why can't we have the proper, the right incentives? To me, it's hypocrisy. Uh, you know, uh, the, the philosophy is public service, is mm -hmm. a public trust, you mm -hmm. should do it for free. Mm -hmm. uh, but Lee Kuan Yew, uh, oft-repeated, it went viral a few months ago, mm -hmm. you can't get govern good government on the cheap. Mm -hmm. Correct, uh, yeah. So, so uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's really Maslow's hierarchy of needs, okay. once again, behavioral science, as you Absolutely, said. Absolutely, yes. You got to motivate people. Yeah. So why not? Why haven't we been doing that? Because, because we don't have uh, the right people on, on, on in government to give the right incentives. No, probably everybody mm. is afraid also to admit that we we have needs. We need to, f we, <laughs> you know, we we need our families to feel secure. Also. Yeah, we are addicted to food. We have to eat, right? Yeah, we gotta eat. <laughs> See, so so uh, if you don't do that, then of course there have been pay increases. There have been big big improvements, mm -hmm. but still, you know, uh, it, it's probably not enough. I heard that you're a uh, 
licensed pilot, right? I was. I surrendered my. You surrendered it. Anyway, I'm still going to ask you a pilot question. Sure. If the Philippines were an airplane, where are we now? Are we still in the uh, runway? Are we already uh, launching or f flying mid-air, or are we are we already on our way down? Where are we now as a country, and where would you want to steer us? Well, all countries in the world now are back on the runway. Okay, back on the runway. All. Okay, all of us. Now it's a race. Okay. And we gotta we gotta take off as fast as possible. How do we make that happen? Well, number one, by increasing the vaccination rates. Okay. Uh, that's crucial. Okay. Because uh, what we know is vaccinated people are more resistant mm -hmm. to uh, to to fa uh, fatalities uh, than than non-vaccinated people. Uh, in order for our consumption economy to open. Secondly, the private sector must be given all the support by the government uh, so that the economy with its multiplier effects open. Uh, thirdly, uh, I think although uh, we are slowly reducing our tax uh, rates, uh, we still have to incentivize a lot of private uh, sector uh, involvement and synergy you know, with government and the regulations of government right now we cannot we cannot have first world standards in a third world country for example we, we want to uh, right now I read a 40 page uh, paper uh, the other day I skimmed through it that there's an energy crisis once again worldwide because of uh, uh, perhaps uh, hasty implementation of green uh, energy. And so now there's an oil, uh, an oil crisis in the offing. Uh, uh, the industrialized countries are encouraging OPEC oil producing countries to produce more oil. And so this will increase the price once again. While here we are, uh, you know, uh, we want first world standards, but our people are plagued with high uh, power costs and whether we pollute or not uh, we're affected by climate change anyway because India and China still continue to do so so uh, that's the problem we should set our goals to those that are achievable achievable goals chop uh, them down into achievable parts yes. right yes the problems particularly now but if we can accelerate the rate and the key here, no, if you accelerate the rate, is sustainability. Mm -hmm. Can it be sustained? Uh, if it can't be sustained, then we have, we're going to have a problem because we're going to fall into a debt trap. Mm -hmm. uh, Gibo, you're running for senator under uh, who's the presidency? I mean, who's the presidential candidate? We do not have a presidential candidate. Okay, all right. uh, I'm a member of the People's Reform Party, and the party, the executive committee of the party, of which I'm not a member, uh, has yet to decide who uh, our presidential candidate will be. But we have officially uh, uh, adopted uh, Mayor Indaisara Duterte as our vice presidential okay. candidate. But uh, no president yet? No. But will there be one? Uh, I, 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 I suppose so. Mm -hmm. I joined the PRP uh, because, of course, uh, Senator uh, Miriam uh, and I share a common background uh, from the UP College of Law, although she was a pure scholar, really, legal scholar, I was not. Uh, 
and uh, it is a party which has allowed me, given me the freedom. I told them I've been gone for 10 years. I have to reintroduce myself once again to the public. So uh, they spared me from uh, having to make uh, decisions other than, or commitments other than making myself once again known to the public. And they agreed that I can campaign on my platform or, or which is an evolving platform can't be achieved in the near term of bagong Pilipinas para sa bagong generation, which involves really the re-engineering of the country. And I use re-engineering the, of the country. Oh, That's, yeah. Those are big words, right, yeah. people? Yeah. How do we do that? I think one of the biggest problems of of any nation, for that matter, is that progress uh, is You use slow, the word right? nation. I don't call the Philippines a nation. I call it a state. A state. <laughs> state. Okay. Why, yeah. why is that? Why is that? It's multinational. Okay. Multicultural. Okay. A state is a political concept. All right. And that's what we're running. All right. We're running, we're governing a political unit. All right. And that is a state. A nation is a cultural concept. All right. All right. All right. And it's hard to confuse All right. both, no? So, uh, my question is, um, progress is, is really slow, right? There are no overnight successes, especially no. when it comes to state building or nation building. And you said you were, you were going to re-engineer. Uh, I want You want to, to do that. So, yeah. how, what's the first step like? And we will, be, will we be able to see, uh, once you start the re-engineering, during a Gibo senator, uh, senatorial uh, uh, tenure, um, will we be able to see the... the uh, the, the early results of a re-engineered government? No. If, if, if. No, you can't. Oh. You can't. Uh, because people have to trust yeah. any re-engineering yeah. done. No. Uh, I, I, I would like to regroup political units, not merely into uh, uh, the traditional regional groupings, but functional ones, mm -hmm. ones that have synergies, ones that where uh, you can create hubs mm -hmm. and spokes mm -hmm. where the, the, the hubs can answer for the medical, logistical, and other needs of the smaller political units that where they, you know, people will live and come in to, to work or to do things. Uh, secondly, I don't have all the answers. Uh, you, the second part of that is para sa bagong generasyon. I need to find out what they see their future as being mm -hmm. so that we can lay the foundations for them to continue. But I'm sure that development of the different disparate units properly planned, properly done, in other areas you cannot anymore because uh, the it would be too expensive and too disruptive already. But uh, in other areas, there's still greenfield areas in the rest of the country where you can properly plan these communities, plan uh, proper governance, uh, proper uh, political units where uh, you can deliver basic services efficiently. We must remember that livable areas in this country is a... a uh, slowly diminishing commodity in the face of our population increase and in the face of geohazards that are appearing. To include, of course, sea, sea water level uh, rise. No? Yeah. So uh, all of these have to be taken into account. Once again, the science of 
forming political units based on habitable areas and supportable areas. No? And the real important thing is what is what are the aspirations of the young people? What do they want to see? That's a good question that we should ask them, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's why I opened uh, that that PH page to receive okay. feedback okay. from them. You know, there's a lot of uh, uh, skeptics who say, "Hey, what what will a, a humble uh, tricycle driver or or, or habal habal driver have 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 to input?" He has something, or she has something to input. Why does she or he work? Because they want to build a stable future for 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 their loved ones, or for themselves if they're young enough. So their vision counts. Everybody counts. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, uh, sir, that um, you need to be able to deliver your message succinctly in this age of information where everything's so fast, right? Um, what do you think is, uh, because you have to reintroduce yourself to an entire generation, right? You disappeared uh, for yeah. an, uh, almost a decade, right? Yes. Or even more than that. What, 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 is, what is the uh, succinct or what's the, uh, the quick elevator pitch for Gibot Tidoro? Oh, that, that's a hard thing to, <laughs> to do. And uh, that's why you, you hire people to think for you, although I haven't found the right person yet, uh, perhaps. No, no, uh, kidding aside, yeah. Uh, yeah, probably uh, the succinct way of doing it is a person with experience both in and out of government and who has uh, seen crisis, seen conflict uh, firsthand, uh, experience in disaster risk reduction, although not no expertise, and uh, one who is answering the call of the times that each and every Filipino must answer, that each and every one of us must pitch in to help because we're on the runway, we're about, we want to take off and we want to be ahead of the pack. You know, I have a question that was given to me earlier um, that I'd, I'd love to ask you. Um, uh, every time there's an election season coming up, you know, it's always, the issues are always about corruption, mm. somebody stealing this, somebody stealing that. Mm. Uh, the narrative is usually is good versus evil, right? Like, you know, he's good, I'm, 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 I'm he's bad, and I'm good, sort mm. of narrative. Um, but is, is it really... Uh, really about good and evil? Is it really about corruption or is this, is this just plain politics? Uh, well, sometimes it is, uh, but right now, corruption should be dealt with institutionally and not, not by, uh, by a partisan political mm -hmm. uh, system. Mm -hmm. That's why you have to professionalize your, uh, not, no, I'm sorry, I don't want to use the term professionalize. Mm -hmm capacitate mm. your investigative agencies mm. and uh, your uh, disciplinary and administrative functions while at the same time incentivizing good behavior mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. rather than bad. Mm. So it is not always a choice between bad or good. Mm -hmm. But some people really make it that choice mm -hmm. and that divides the country exactly. more. Yeah. Because uh, 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 I, I really admire and follow closely uh, the uh, example of Pope Francis where uh, 
said that the best way that you can convince a person to follow the road that you think is good is by your own example rather than by telling the other person he or she is wrong. Because then you proselytize and clericalism, proselyte, proselytizing is bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he really is against that. That's right. why he's, he's, sure. we saw he went to Iraq uh, to meet the caliph uh, of the Islamic faith mm -hmm. and he went there as a humble pilgrim, not as the head of the church. So lead by example. Yeah, and, and and I mean, respect your fellow man, you know. I mean, nobody's, nobody has a monopoly of good yes, intentions <laughs> and, and good faith, you know. If they want to get in touch with the Tidoro, where can they catch you? Because I know you have a, a website, a Facebook page, yes. Instagram, and all of that. Why don't you invite the, uh, them? Go well, ahead, sir. Uh, please uh, uh, log on to the gibot.th on Facebook and the website and uh, we have a team that uh, will uh, address your concerns, suggestions, uh, your help, particularly also not only for the, uh, the upcoming election but for the bagong Pilipinas para sa bagong generation. Your feedback is really important uh, because uh, nobody has a monopoly of answers. Uh, you know, you have these uh, uh, promises na uh, I will I will end corruption <laughs> I will I will uh, solve the problem of poverty no uh, you can assist in the solution but the solution also lies in your input because you know best in your own area what's happening I know you're running for a national position as senator but uh, you're here in Cebu now what is your message specifically to the Cebuanos out there listening or watching this podcast well I've always respected uh, the Cebuanos uh, and I thank them for their support uh, I think we have established a very very valuable rapport and trust and I always feel at home here and actually uh, coming from a landlocked province uh, don't know the jewels that you have here actually uh, and it's such a refreshing feeling being here in Cebu where you feel most welcome and actually uh, uh, the other day uh, we had the privilege of visiting the Bolhoon Church which is really a national treasure you know? I invite all Filipinos to visit it and to visit Cebu because it's a heritage that is preserved needs everybody also to pitch in because it costs a lot of uh, resources to to preserve the heritage where the, I mean where where the Philippines was founded basically if if Cebu were not the first place that uh, uh, a presence was established uh, by the Spaniards there would be no Philippines uh, I mean uh, I wonder what uh, we would have been. So this is really the center of uh, the Philippines, uh, geographically and uh, historically. So my message to the Cebuanos is to continue to love your language, your culture, your heritage, and to preserve, to preserve this. And we want to see also the continuous improvements given the industriousness 
of the Cebuano people. And it's actually really paradise. Where can you see a metropolis where within an hour or so you can be in a pristine uh, beach resort? Beach resort, yeah, huh? sure. Yeah, and a sure. few minutes you can go to the uh, mountains as well, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. All right, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, senatorial candidate thank you so much sir it was a thank pleasure. you so much it was um, my honor to to be with you today and uh, I, I hope to be with you again all right uh, maybe next time a senator yes of the Republic of the Philippines uh, hopefully so <laughs> <laughs> thank you and good luck sir good luck good luck thank good luck. you thank take care you. take care